Today's Laser Time is brought to you by Gamefly, and Laser Time listeners can go to GameflyOffer.com slash LaserTime and get started with a free 30-day trial. It's a new episode of Laser Time. Laser Time, the internet's fifth leading pop culture show, but this is going to be the one that takes us through the roof. Wild oscillations in our popularity level. If you don't know what we do here on the Laser Time podcast, we usually take a pop culture topic, do a ton of research, grab you some sound effects and examples, and uh, try and pretend to be experts. This episode is a weird one, uh, because I don't have anything to do with the preparation. <laughs> uh, I'm Chris Antista. Who do we have with us? Uh, Brett. Dave Rudden. And, Rudden. and a special guest. Greg Moore here. Hey, Greg Moore. Greg Moore has joined us for a lot of episodes where we talk about Japan, and you lived in Japan for a while, and this episode is about what? Localization. Localization. Uh, and this is something I just, you know, mm-hmm. not not for any particular reason, mm-hmm. uh, just because it's, we've done a couple episodes just about Japan in general, or living there, or traveling mm-hmm. there, but like, Greg is, you know, not just knowledgeable about the language and translation but also you've localized things yourself and you've had to be a translator and take the intent of someone's speech and re- you know change it to another language the things so, people the most recent example that everybody knows about of localization and it's a terrible one is removing John Boyga from the Star Wars Force Awakens poster in uh, China <laughs> oh, and Japanese countries <laughs> no there's no black people in this no come on I didn't even hear about that actually. oh it's 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 insane um, but uh, just before we got started I just like a quick like what localization is and means like to you as someone you like between manga and anime yeah. like you've it, you just copy paste into Babelfish yeah, and right? it's done right exactly. yeah. that's how yeah. it works well people like to talk about the difference between translation and localization mm-hmm. where I guess uh, the idea is that localization means not only to translate the meanings of the words but to, to make it resonate with a local culture right. mm-hmm. a different culture uh, I would say that with uh, two languages is different did you, did you see that article from uh, Yacht Club? Is that the Shovel Knight people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. About how they localized the game for Japan by being inspired by how Japanese games were localized for America. Oh, so, like, yeah. certain certain health items, food items in Japanese games would be changed <laughs> to hamburgers for the U.S. Yeah. So they, they changed everything to be, like, uh, what do you call it, like the rice balls uh, treats for Shovel Knight in Japan. Yeah, I, yeah. I haven't seen a, a retro game reverse engineer <laughs> its localization for Japan ever. It was mm. just a fascinating article. Yeah. Yeah, I've only seen, you know, a few glimpses of Mm. what, you know, that kind of thing happening, I guess, reverse from our perspective. Things from the West getting localized for Japan. You Mm -hmm. do notice certain trends, like with box art. Yeah. uh, I found that they way favor, uh, like, hand-drawn art over CG. So even stuff like Uncharted Mm -hmm. has, like, these goofy... And the notable (laughs) example of Kirby... That Kirby is is pissed in America. Yeah, they yeah, like, yeah, give yeah. him angry eyes all the time. He gets angry eyes, but he's allowed to be the cute <laughs> Kirby that he is on all yeah. the Japanese covers. It's really yeah. funny. Yeah, but, but you like have actually localized things yourself. Yeah, like yeah. text and. Well, yeah, I was gonna say I think with Japanese because it's so different from English. Mm-hmm. There, there's no such thing as pure translation. I mean, there is, but it looks like babblefish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 it's gibberish because without adding your own tweaks it just doesn't make any sense because the language is so different mm-hmm. um as would happen there was this article on u.s gamer by what? bob mackie himself just talking earlier. simpsons host and retronauts host bob mackie correct frequent laser time collaborator and that was just uh like the same week i think and um he interviewed jeremy blaustein who's mm-hmm. kind of this legend amongst localizers he did mgs one mm-hmm. specifically one yeah. Which is notably better than the follow uh, than the successors. Successors, yes. The well, other as ones. a game or as a, as a translation. <laughs> the translation. Because don't we know someone who worked on MGS translation? Yeah. I think we do. Yeah. 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 No on. offense to him, he it knows were, who he is. Was, but it wasn't that one. No, or no, the next no. one. MGS one. I think yeah. it just it comes off a little more naturally overall. He also did the snatcher localization. Wow. Wow. Uh, and he put it so eloquently in this interview. He's talking about. Um, this this thing that local localizers or translators chase after that's kind of hard to define, mm-hmm. uh, but basically that um, they're not necessarily trying to translate the words, mm-hmm. the Japanese words. They're trying to translate the wordless thoughts that inspired those original words. Holy shit! Yeah, I'm confused. <laughs> 
So he says, this is what he says. So for them, there's something floating up in the air that they're reaching for to try to describe with their own tools, their set of symbols, meaning English. Oh, sorry, with the, the original creators, which is Japanese. And then the Japanese language is a bunch of symbols to try and create a feeling in the audience. And this feeling can be shared by all speakers of Japanese because the symbols all create the same memories and same feelings amongst Japanese speakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when you localize something, are you, he, he's arguing that you're not trying to interpret the symbols mm-hmm. that they were using as tools to begin with you're trying to interpret the original ideas mm-hmm. and that's why they take certain liberties if you look at like ace attorney yeah i worked on i actually worked on some of those articles yeah. with the localizer of that i just just the fast one of the fascinating tidbits is like they're going to talk here about a certain kind of samurai and she was like america doesn't know the difference between a ronin Right. Or a sam- but there's a huge difference. Uh-huh. And so I had to try and figure out a way to make this apparent to Americans somehow. Right. And I forget what the, the solution was. But just little things like that. Like mm-hmm. little offhanded references. But even the names of the characters. And yeah. this is something that's sort of a polarizing point for mm-hmm. fans, I think. But uh, I guess they figured that the names in the Japanese are all wordplay, right? It's yeah. Japanese wordplay. Yeah, yeah. All the names are kind of based on phrases. Mm-hmm. So what's more important? Uh, calling them the same thing in mm-hmm. English, which would be hard to say for most people, or uh, that intent yeah. of creating wordplay. And they went with the latter, which I think was pretty bold at the time. Yeah, because the way you described it to me is like, right is like a confirmation of correct, yeah. written like a, the name right, <laughs> W-R-I-G-H-T. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Phoenix was related to what? like uh, uh, Because his first, so his first name in Japanese contains the kanji for dragon. Mm. Mm. So it's like you're just swapping in another mythical beast, man. And it just, it just, it just the name change implied way more thought than I ever thought. Of. Yeah. So there's, there's an example of localization. And yeah, and that's basically how it works on all levels. Mm. Is you're trying to convey ideas rather than words. I think something that uh, linguists and translators tend to uh, discover is that words are not sacred at all. When you live in a society where all of the words that you thought held these sacred meanings don't mean anything, mm-hmm. words like "I love you," mm. like pe- the people just blink at you. Um, <laughs> they don't. They don't understand the societal. You know. Can I just draw a heart in the air? Yeah. <laughs> I had a I had a girlfriend in Japan. I said I love you for the first time, and she like blinked at me. She's like, I know that this means something to you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know exactly what it. You know. Yeah. I was like, oh wow, nothing, I have to. Nothing <laughs> means anything. Yeah. <laughs> I almost feel the same way. <laughs> There's. But, yeah. Well, I was just gonna say there's yeah. there's a famous lecturer uh, Natsume Soseki who's a famous uh, like laureate from the early 20th century in Japan. He gave a lecture where he 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 challenged his students to translate the English phrase "I love you," and people gave all these literal translations. And he's like, "Here's how I translate it." And the literal translation of what he said was, "The moon sure looks blue tonight." <laughs> <laughs> And his wow. idea was that societally, we don't we don't just say this blunt phrase to express yeah. ourselves. We we mm. have to sort of skew it a little more. That's right. how we are. And that's like you could set up a scene where someone says something sort of skewed like that, and you would understand it. What if you wanted to say "I love you to the moon"? Ooh, you would say <laughs> "You sure look blue tonight, <laughs> <laughs> Mooney." I think you would start out with a somewhere out there rendition. <laughs> Sing at the moon. But uh, we also gave some. Uh, we have some clips of mm. things that like. Nat, I mean, famously, a lot of anime or manga come over and they're localized poorly or voiced poorly. Yeah. And then as the years went on, they got a little bit better. But just like, I mean, I think now, Japan. Japan is the most notable has the most notable instances of localization because it's it's not an Indo-European language. It's a much more complicated thing to translate. That's why the the differences well, get so much weirder, right? Because these instances don't occur when we yeah. translate something from Spanish. Well, German. I, th- I think it wouldn't occur to people to come up with a new term besides mm. translation mm. because you figure, well, so much of this transfers over. We all kind of share like these Euro roots, yeah. I guess, right? But with Japan, it's like, well, you can translate the text, but this won't make sense to anyone. No, mm. no one knows what an onigiri is. Okay. You know? I, was just, I, was just, I was just curious about that. We don't have any like non-Japanese examples of this to, to play upon, right? No, this okay. is all specifically Japanese. Cool. Because who cares? Uh, but I, I think the great, the, the big, like you know, touchstone a lot of people would have is Akira mm. being like one of the first. Like, have you heard about this Japan animation? Yeah, it's really totally. crazy. Man, did you see that gif I shared on my Facebook of the yeah. motorcycle shot? Yeah, being recreated in Batman, turn, Teenage yeah. Mutant Ninja Turtles, Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> Star Wars. Wow. 
But like he gave me a clip of like the it had an English dub in '91, and then they redid it in '01. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure the, the yeah, original was way better. There's pros and cons. Well, no, uh, I mean you know it was it was before the word localization even existed, as far as I know, and and it was a valiant attempt. But there's, I think they were just working in the dark a lot more back mm-hmm. then. Yeah. They didn't really have the pipeline set up to ask questions of the creator and things like that. Right. No and, one knows how to pronounce any of the names. So there's a Kaneda, Kaneda, and Akira. That's not even. What? Like a faithful mm. uh, Akira? Yeah, more like mm. Akira, like mm. less syllable. Uh, well, you want people in the flyover states <laughs> to be able to say that shit? Yeah, right. Why don't they just call it Johnny? <laughs> well, and, and there's there's a debate to be had there too. Is like, well, right. is it better to preserve the pronunciation that they use, or do you assimilate and call it Akira? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a debate. It, but with the 2001 version, they were trying even, to be more. We faithful. even localized the name of. Japan itself. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know where that came. I read I read about it recently China-ish. again, huh? I think it, the word is from Chinese. Is it? Is yeah. what China called Japan? Because Japan doesn't call itself Japan. Yeah, it was what like the Dutch called Japan after being told by the Chinese or something. Yeah, there was a game of telephone Japan. thing where like Nihon became like yeah. begot really. Oh butchered yeah, that was the only other dumb one we were talking about at the bar that I remember reading about that uh, Santa Claus mm. was Saint Nicholas over in Europe. And somebody told somebody in America, in a Hungarian accent, Saint Nicholas, Saint Nicholas, Saint Nicholas, Santa Claus, and it became Santa Claus. I swear that's I, that I read that, like yeah. the, the game of telephone that would, in a pre-internet even telephone yeah. world where everything gets lost in translation. Yeah. So what is this Akira dub comparison clip you use? Sorry, me, oh just uh, yeah, some just some things that you'll notice. One is that the. The wording is like completely different in a lot of places, mm-hmm. which just kind of highlights how much of it is is up to the translator to really rewrite the script. You right. Because there is no one-for-one translation, right? right. The one-for-one translation looks like Google Translate. You yeah. never understand it. So the answer for so all of this is learn the language yeah. of so, whatever thing you want to read in its pure form because anything after, anything not that is touched by someone else's consciousness, yeah, exactly. which is... There, there's no room for purism if you're not looking at something in its original yeah. language because mm-hmm. there's gonna be some uh, subject like when uh, Shakespeare gets translated into Klingon like you can't <laughs> exactly like, that's, that's different and uh, so like you'll see the wording is totally different and also things like the, the way they pronounce the names clearly in 2001 they had more uh, insight yeah so Kaneda. this is uh, the 91 dub I guess into the 2001 <laughs> 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 Beautiful localized. The owls are a little bit overdone. He's literally saying owl. <laughs> Confirming everyone's stereotype of anime. That's enough, Tetsuo. Are you trying to kill him? Wow, it's Cam Clark. It's Cam Clark. You got it. I gotta wipe this guy all over the street. Get a hold of yourself. <laughs> you Sounds stop like a by stealing my bike and run it into the ground. So just cool it, okay? <laughs> enough. They can't do this. Yeah. Hey, we were worried about you. So then we jump ahead. Yeah. 2001. See, even that sounds a little so this, more natural. So this is the second translation. Local yeah, yeah, yeah. Same scene, ten years later. You're gonna kill him, Tetsuo. You want that? I want him more than dead. I'll split his friggin' head open. Just knock it off now. This whole thing happened just because you took my bike for a spin. Whoa! So that's like a, a entire sentence that didn't exist. Did, yeah, no, didn't exist the, in the original the, translation. The base meaning you have to break it down to a wordless idea, wow. and then build it back up. Wow! And people wow. who interpret like in meetings and stuff, they're doing that on the on the fly. That is yeah. hard. Which floors me of like yeah. taking yeah. the intent and then trying to be not just a translator but a mediator slash mm-hmm. like. What you were trying to say is that you're angry. It takes <laughs> extremely fast abstract thought and like diplomacy all happening yeah. like at light speed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so when you That's were what, <laughs> what was your experience like when you didn't have to do it on the fly but you could yeah. actually stop and so, compose your thoughts? So and, I didn't and just so people listening know, I never localized any games, but mm-hmm. I I've done like four novels and a bunch of manga series. Including Afro Samurai, really? Yeah. Oh. Which only had two volumes, and it's like you got to write for Sam Jackson. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like all sound effects. So that was easy. Arigato, motherfucker! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's easy, but it's hard with sound effects because you like 
there is no translation. It's right. all sensibility. Goody, goody, like, goody, goody, goody. What, what's the sound it makes when he like stabs a innocent human being? Piffle. Like splorch. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and every one of them sounds like it could be a slur. <laughs> Snuff. Yeah. And I don't. Yeah, want, right? I don't want to say a lot of, like, slurk. Like, okay, yeah. I'll take the eye out. That's <laughs> it's not the same. Yeah, but uh, oh, and that's a copyrighted Marvel hit sound <laughs> effect. With novels, you know, my experience was a little rough because um, it felt like unlike games and movies they were still sort of in the pioneer days so we didn't really have that access to the mm. original creators mm. so there's a lot of guesswork uh, what happens is you, you do the translated script and you send it off and then they have an adapter who tries to clean a it dongle. up and mm. then the translator gets stuck in this horrible editing process <laughs> you've got the Japanese editor whose job is to make sure it's faithful mm. and you've got the American editor whose job is to make sure it's smooth and wow they'll make you change this thing and then the Japanese editor's like no that's not what it's saying mm-hmm. and then so you change it back and they're like no this doesn't sound right and so you it's like this juggling act um, I think the hardest project I ever had I had to uh, translate a it was like a 400 page novel in a month Whoa, and I, I don't think I've ever even read a 400 page novel in a month before that <laughs> <laughs> not a Harry Potter fan no not so much <laughs> yeah. but uh, that was that was when I, I lived in Japan but I was working at this English school called Nova and they went bankrupt so I had no work and this was like all I had to sustain me wow and it was just it was just I would wake up on the couch because I didn't have a bed <laughs> translate all day until I passed out and then just repeat like that and go days without leaving home. We'll take a quick break really quick when we come back cussing. This show this week is brought to you by Japan. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But you see what I'm getting at, right? Uh, Japan. Japan is home to a lot of things. Uh, sushi. Japanese people. All-color jokes I won't mention right now because I want to jump straight to Gamefly. Uh, and if you don't know what Gamefly is, guess what? At Laser Time listeners can go to GameflyOffer.com slash LaserTime and try it free for 30 days. Uh, what is Gamefly? Well, essentially, Gamefly is like Netflix for video games. But guess what? They also have Blu-rays and movies. It doesn't matter. I want to focus you on the games right now because uh, I think we recently had a controversy like, No Man's Sky, it wasn't what I wanted. How would you like a program where you could basically try and play every game you wanted? Uh, but you put them in a queue, they're sent to you, you play it for as long as you'd like, you send it back when you're done. And guess what? Unlike Netflix, if you like something you got from Gamefly enough, Gamefly allows you to buy it back at a drastically reduced cost. And they'll send you the box and manual, so it's just like you got it for yourself on Christmas Day. And Gamefly has got over 8,000 titles to choose from, including Xbox 360, Xbox One, PS3, PS4, Wii, Wii U. Uh, yeah, that covers pretty much all the bases of Japan. Um, so if there's anything you've ever wanted to try out, just give it a shot. You can do it free within this 30-day period uh, if you go to GameflyOffer.com slash LazerTime. Plans start as low as $15 a month. Either way, if you're the kind of person who's tired of getting burned by bad games you want and you want to play a lot of games for very little money, you should consider Gamefly. Once again, that's GameflyOffer.com slash LazerTime for your free 30-day trial. You like Laser Time shows? Then you might like Bonus Time, Laser Time's weekly bonus show exclusively on Patreon.com slash Laser Time. Here's a taste of what you've been missing. Before you came on, you asked for me to bring a GameCube controller, which... Uh, um, I got a Wii system for you. Uh-huh. What? I, I think I accidentally dropped it, so it got cracked a bit. Mm. Don't worry, it's so worthless. <laughs> uh, it's okay. Uh, maybe you guys can hang did on. Something, did cracked something get Wii? in the cracks of the Wii? Uh, something might have yeah. filled up inside of if it. it if, this was, if this was a coffee, would it be a homebrew? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I would okay. say so. Uh, I don't oh. know if you guys have one or not. Yeah, keep up, Chris. Keep I, up, Chris. How does that work? Doesn't. It's broken. It's, it's cracked. cracked. It's, but how do you? Someone just built home brewed coffee no. on it. It yeah. was a popular scene. Uh, Some other friends had a similar fate where their Wii was were cracked. Oh, that's terrible to hear. <laughs> if, if, <laughs> this, if this system had a pet, it would be an 
emu or emu, emu. yeah emu. and then yeah. i would see the emu later yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> who are we hiding you from? Have to- <laughs> get bonus time laser times weekly full-length uncensored and ad-free patreon exclusive podcasts as well as weekly full-length movie commentaries wrestling and cartoon video commentaries physical rewards the first season of talking simpson and more at patreon.com slash laser time starting at just five bucks you'll help us live and we'll do our best to help you never be bored again Oh, see, coming in with Chala, Head Chala, because when I discovered Dragon Ball Z, it was through the like fan sub Japanese versions, dragon, and this song, dragon. if I could meet a dinosaur and teach it to write, so much different from the song you eventually heard on Toonami. My favorite was when this came out in karaoke in Japan, and it's like, oh, here we go, the Dragon Ball, and then like 30 seconds, like every karaoke song, 30 seconds in, this is the greatest This moment. is awesome. <laughs> Uh, and everybody, it's so fun. Yep. Uh, and this is recreated in one of the Budokai games for mm-hmm. PS2, and they do it all in like crazy instrumental version. <laughs> it's really fun. Uh, but another one of the famous, uh, I, I had heard of this in the like some point growing up in the VHS early DVD era somewhere in there. But Angel Cop, yeah, I don't what? know how how famous it is. It was one that I just happened to stumble upon when I was like 15. Yeah, like I, I, it's one of those because there were only so many that we could have possibly heard of yeah. mm-hmm. in the early well mid 90s. Some I don't, I never saw it, but the, the name like Battle Angel, Angel Cop. These all kind of like flow in my brain. Lots of angels. So what is Angel Cop? Angel Cop, great. It's a, so I think they were sort of uh, riding that wave of like super gory and violent uh, anime is about like weird psychic people. Mm-hmm. Yes. There was like a weird fad for a while in Japan. We're probably still riding off Akira, I'm guessing. Like, yeah, exactly. There's some weird power, right? And so the, and it's like a, I guess it's like a mini series. It was like a three hour long. Th- like, if you buy the tape, it's just three hours of like six episodes back to back. But it's just this, it's, it's the kind of thing where after you watch it, you really want to take a shower. It's <laughs> like, but it's called Angel Cop in Japan? I think so. Okay. Uh, I don't know for sure. I think not so. Battle Angel. But it's like, no, 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 that's something else. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's about cops with like cybernetic enhancements fighting psychics. It doesn't matter. <laughs> what matters is that it was just so over the top with the with the swearing and the localization. Mm-hmm. It always seemed like a peculiar example to me because it's like, well, they don't really have swearing like that in Japanese. It doesn't really occupy the same place culturally. And, and that was sorry. I say that all the time. That was my go, seeing officially trans localized Dragon Ball Z. The fan subs were riddled with "fuck t- yeah. shit, Krillin, fuck you." <laughs> like, like it has all these curse words in it. That's the thing is, like, curse words are kind of an anomaly because you know, in in one way, they help you express mm-hmm. like emphasis or whatever, but they also add this vulgarity that. Uh, I don't think it's not quite, present in the original. Not, movie? not really. Not in the same way. It's mm. like people just might sound angry, and that's like translated as like, is "Oh, that, you can swear really, when you're angry." Swearing is American for anger. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of a lot of languages, I'm sure, but, mm. or countries, but um, shies up. Yeah. So they just went over the top, and then I, I did a little research uh, the other day on this. Apparently, there's a term for this called fifteening, which is <laughs> where they artificially. Uh, put in mature content when they translate mm. something to to make it hit a certain uh, target audience. We just talked about that with Snakes on a Plane. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> turned it into a rated R film yeah. because they well, thought uh, they had to get that motherfucker in there. And you, like working, we've all worked in games. Mm-hmm. We, we've seen how companies still do that, and mm-hmm. it, like it sort of serves a purpose. But it's or, just, like inserting more violence, they'll, they'll they'll target a specific rating because they want a specific demographic to yeah. buy their stuff, right? Yeah, which could be like toning down for T or turning yeah. up for M. You don't want a Resident Evil game that's rated E. Yeah. Right? Well, you yeah. don't. Well, yeah, actually, I kind of do now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> re baby. So they just filled... And then someone painstakingly went through the entire three-hour series capturing every instance of a swear word and categorizing it and made really? a giant YouTube video out of it. Yeah, this is uh, this is great. I can't think you are some sort of Latter-day Lone Ranger, huh? Well, now you're going to be the dead fucking ranger! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is that Power Rangers? That's like that. That one impresses yeah, me so Rangers. much because none of that existed in the original script. They don't know what for Lone what? Ranger what was is. that? That's Angel Cop. This oh, Angel I'm Cop, sorry. Yeah. This is all Angel Cop. This is still like, and this is another great uh, swearing. What's going on in there? Fuck and piss. <laughs> <laughs> 
But it's just like fuck and piss. I wish that could be the title of this episode. Very Fucking creative. iTunes. And uh, with no context, this will be even better. Uh, you now eat shit and die. <laughs> <laughs> shit. He's a fucking lobster! <laughs> <laughs> That's when a guy got burned alive. Uh, was that from The Lobster? That's yeah, a great movie. Yeah. It's a, after the credits when he finally turns into a lobster. But yeah, just like... <laughs> that where the ending is? Yeah. But just like so much needless, like, yeah, adding a bunch of profanity. <laughs> and like, I remember... When, but <laughs> is it like the philosophy you think just like, it, this is already going to be niche. Yeah, we want yeah. people to maybe wear it as a badge of honor. Like this is gonna be the weirdest yeah, niche like, thing you've ever seen. Exactly, it's niche, and like anime was very much sold on its like quote maturity, right? Maturity, like, exotic maturity. This is cartoons for mm-hmm. people who like crazy shit. Right? I, mean, and I, I always talk about that. The school, like whispers on the schoolyard about a possible cartoon that cursed seemed <laughs> oh, yeah. impossible. A cartoon in with the a 80s. boob in it. Yeah, it was like. But there's a, a great line in here in the description of this video. Uh, uh, why is this important to you know contextualize all this like voice acting and cussing? Like uh, Angel Cup was dubbed primarily by British actors, some trying to use e- U.S. East Coast accents for a series that took place in Japan. <laughs> Keep these fine people in your thoughts as you enjoy the wonderfully profane dub of Angel, <laughs> which is what I call the Bob Hoskining of, uh, <laughs> of languages. Because uh, I, lo- I love who Framed Roger Rabbit always have, and only as a, an adult I look at it like this is an an Irish an Irishman mm. or. a Severe Englishman trying to approximate uh, a tough, gritty L.A. accent uh, in Robert the 1940s. Logan. I thought he did well. Not so much. Yeah. I, no, but the, yeah. the thing is, he ends up creating this completely unique accent yeah. that doesn't exist anywhere. <laughs> it's like I, Marina Sirtis. That's it. That's the correction. <laughs> like, like <laughs> the next generation is uh, she's a Betazoid, and but she's British and she's trying to do an English act. Well, she has an accent. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody does. But you mm-hmm. know what the fuck I'm saying? Uh, but. She's also trying to do kind of like, oh, well, you know, what if they talked more like the, the the voice she has in the show isn't straight up her accent. She's trying to affect some kind of like, oh, this is how they talk on Beta Z. But it just comes across as like, what is that? It's not <laughs> it's not English and it's not totally some invented accent where now we all talk like this here. Like you didn't make some Barney Rubble. Almost, but not quite. You can't place it. Now it's starting to do a cartoon clown. Can you translate, uh, I'm the master rapper and I'm here to say I love Fruity Pebbles in a major way? Uh, I'll get back to you. <laughs> we'll do it in the bar pro bono. But there's also, it doesn't work because it's all in Japanese and there's subtitles on the screen, but there is a thing here, uh, the official dub and sub you yeah, mentioned for Angel this Cup. Is cra- this is one of the craziest things I've heard. Uh, and I learned about this way after the fact because I watched it dubbed in English, but mm-hmm. the original script... And if you watch the movie subtitled, you can hear all this in Japanese. Uh, there's this, the, like the part where the guy's, the, he says the Lone Ranger thing. Mm-hmm. That follows this long lecture that this guy is giving where he like blames the Jews <laughs> for like taking okay. over America and all this stuff. And yeah. he just like rants about, basically demonizes America and demonizes Jews. Wow. And and he's like saying like, everyone's going to turn Japan into a nuclear waste dump. And yeah. This whole and what? Country. Sorry. And, this is still Angel Cop. Angel Cop, okay. Wow. And the subtitles completely just ignore what is being said okay. and add, like, just ad lib all this stuff about characters that are not mentioned at all during that scene, <laughs> and, like plot Jesus. points that they don't mention. So it's whoever just, localized it had a bone to pick. It was pretty gutsy because wow. it's like they're they're basically banking on no one watching that and understanding what's being said. Yeah, a very small amount of people who now. can realize what's happening. Well, now yeah. we know how Mel Gibson got his start. <laughs> yeah. Like, wait, what was that about the Jews? <clears throat> that, it, that reminds me of another... That, that meme that came out from a dumb localization was the Darth Vader do not want. <laughs> Remember that? Oh, like, yeah, that yeah, was yeah, the, yeah, the literal yeah. translation of the subtitle. Do not want, and then like the Lord of the Rings... Uh, the best one is, like when, I think in Two Towers when someone goes, warmongering. And it's translated as warm hungry. <laughs> and so, like, if you're warm or hungry or cold, you can just go, like, oh, see? warm hungry. People, are you starting to see the importance of localization now? <laughs> no? You want um, but hire Greg? One thing, uh, <laughs> yeah. One thing Please. I, uh, like, just to point out really quick is Godzilla, mm-hmm. who is in Japan, obviously. Because uh, Shin Gojira came out in Japan recently. The Finally, after uh, yeah. 12 years, Toho made a new Godzilla movie after Final Wars, which was not good. But it's fun to watch, but eh, boy, did that series get off the rails. Uh, but it tries to take... I haven't seen it yet as of this recording, but I'm very excited to see Shin Gojira slash Godzilla Resurrection? Directed Resurgence? Whatever it's... Ano, Origins? Who, who did Evangelion. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He's the Japanese voice in Wind Rising. Yeah. I love I that, that movie so much, Wind Rising. Yeah, yeah what's, what's, what yeah. inspired casting? But uh, yeah, Gojira in the, in, in the first place, Gojira, as mm-hmm. is most Japanese names... 
uh, like a portmanteau or a pun of gorira and whale, whale, which is kujira. Mm -hmm. So you combine them and you get gojira. Gojira. And then when they're bringing the movie over, uh, G at the time was kind of being translated as Z sound. G could could go either way. They just didn't really have a system in place. I always thought it was lizard. Tokyo was spelled Tokyo. Yeah, Tokyo. Tokyo? Like with an extra I in there? T-O-K-I-O. Right. Instead of Tokyo. Tokyo. They were just kind of going off what they heard. Sure. And that's how Gojira becomes Godzilla, where it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, G is a Z-I, and R's are L's, so uh, I don't know, Godzilla? That sounds pretty cool, right? When you you proposed this, I asked about Godzilla. Godzilla, Godzilla, a famous instance of localization, yep. I guess, in that... Yeah, the original 1954 movie was a... Can we talk about how spoiled I am that, like, I haven't seen the American version of Godzilla in years because my Criterion mm. Blu-ray has a beautifully restored <laughs> yeah. original version in it. Because yeah. the, the one that was on TV st- had Raymond Burr in it. Mm. It Raymond shot Burr, completely different scenes. A pre-Perry Mason Raymond Burr. If anyone gets what <laughs> wow. Perry Mason even is at this point in time. But but an American actor for, like, cutaway control yeah. room sequences. So, yeah, the 1954 Godzilla is famously a, like, a giant filmed catharsis of what yeah. a country kind of experiences and feels when they're nuked. Yeah. And to this day, the only one that has been. So yeah. they, they, after almost a decade, they finally kind of like, you know, they're able to get out some of the fears by by personifying it and yeah. having it be a giant lizard that you can be scared of. And it's a walking lesson we're supposed to learn. And it's kind of punishing us, but it's also them dealing with this grief. And you a, a huge destruction movie at a time when, like, disaster porn really wasn't Didn't a thing exist. in movies all that much, especially in a country that lived through an actual yeah. disaster. It's like, well, we don't want to see that. Yeah. And so it just affected a lot of people, and it stuck around. And it's far from the only movie that does that touches on this. What's the really, like, Black Rain? Yeah, yeah. That's, actually, the, super di- that's the super series. We have these movie nights in my place once in a while. I did a double feature on August 6th one Good year. Good finally was, find out about it, Craig. It was... <laughs> my bad. But it was it was Godzilla, the Japanese version, and Black Rain back to back. What's People, Black Rain? Black Rain is heavy. So it's a 1989 movie. Is it the animated one? No, no, no. no. It's okay. it's shot like it's shot like it was made in the 40s or 50s. Mm-hmm. It's black and white and uh, old timey, but it's a much more literal depiction yeah. of the disaster. And it follows. It's literal, but it's on a personal level. So you of, see of what the of the atomic bombing of Hiroshima. Okay. So wow. you you see the moment and the people with the skin draping yeah. off their yeah. hands. But then it follows this woman who's trying to get an arranged marriage and no one will marry her because she she had the black rain fall yeah. on her and everyone mm. thinks she's gonna get she's like contaminated and then gradually you learn that she is uh, and I'm forgetting the name of the manga I read last year but it's flowers I'm forgetting the name but it's about it follows this family of like oh everyone's fine and they all die of poisoning mm-hmm. and you're like Jesus I mean shouldn't laugh but it, it's uh, unspeakable yeah it's because I thought there was, there's an animated movie that depicts that too that I've seen clips of that is uh, terrifying Grave, Grave the Fireflies no oh, I, that I saw hard, recently hard but, uh, but yeah. no but when the bombs dropping and the skin melting off being animated mm. very uh, uh, what would you call that very graphically mm-hmm. I forget what it's called but it, it's Godzilla that the Godzilla's purpose for Japan was kind of lost on Americans, wasn't it? Yeah, so when it comes over to the U.S., it becomes, oh, it's a monster movie. Great! Yeah, monster! We love King Kong! And so they insert Steve Martin as a reporter to just... Steve Martin? Yeah. Oh, was that his name? Yeah, his, yeah, his, his name in the movie is Steve Martin. Wild and crazy guy! <laughs> Before the, the human, the, the living... Uh, he might have been... I'm assuming he was born by 54. Well, but, excuse uh, me, Godzilla. Yeah. <laughs> but his, he plays Steve Martin in the movie, but it is... What's his name? I'm already blanking. Raymond Burr. Raymond Burr. Uh, I almost said Luke Perry. <laughs> they put they put again in 1984. Yeah, so <laughs> they make this movie where now instead of this like, it's from the Americans' point of view, watching this crazy shit go down in Japan, and the movie kind of ends with a, whew, with the oxygen destroyer, we have destroyed our fears, and the world mm-hmm. can wake up and live again, and that's kind of the the, the motto of the, wake up and live again. The world will go on. Whereas in Japan, the original intent of the ending is like. Is this ever going to stop? This, you know, that <laughs> he's not the only lizard that could be irradiated yeah. by. And if we keep testing and we keep doing this, this can happen again. And that's the point of the movie: is like, please stop doing this. <laughs> yeah. No one else has that's had right. to live through this but us. So the voice uh-huh. of reason is the scientist. Yeah, the uh, God, I'm forgetting his name, but he's like he chooses to die with his uh, the oxygen destroyer, so that no one else can learn yeah. how to make this crazy weapon that can somehow destroy the indestructible thing created by dumb, man's hubris. Dumb, dumb question. 
that Godzilla dying at the end of the original Godzilla mm-hmm. is kind of the most dead you can be because it's oh, like his, his hollowed body with his bones falling it's, apart. Yeah, bones, bones at the bottom. How of the do ocean. they bring him back for the second? For uh, he's again? just he's just back. He just it, back. Does, it doesn't matter. I think <laughs> I think in that case it is supposed to be another one. Another Godzilla because it comes out as uh, Godzilla raids again in the U.S. And I forget what it was called in. Well, I guess there's an instance of bad localization. Yeah, I forget what it was. Oh, in Japan, it's let me just see what it's called. Oh, Counter Attack of Godzilla. <laughs> Uh, but in Japan, it came out over here as... Uh, the, actually, that is the first kaiju movie, by the way. He mm. fights Angiris, which is the first monster-on-monster mm. monster battle, 1955. The other, only other, black-and-white Godzilla movie, by yeah. the way. Um, anyway, that brings us to ni- uh, Godzilla 1984, which was the return of Godzilla in Japan, which after the 60s and 70s, it got really silly. He became the hero of children. He practically He's a wrestler. He's a wrestler. <laughs> He's Ultraman. He's Gamera. He's doing all the silly shit that helps sell toys and you know gets kids to like Godzilla. Like any good villain, he becomes a hero because villains are inherently cooler than heroes because the villains are what set events into motion. Uh, that's my little wrap up there. But so they would bring Godzilla back to the U.S. Mm-hmm. for when they have to localize that movie. It's called Godzilla 1985, and they bring back Raymond Burr to do the same thing. And there's Dr. <laughs> Pepper ads all over this movie. It's supposed to be the Pentagon, and there's just this glowing Dr. Pepper sign. You're a pepper. I'm uh, a pepper. I'm You're not, a pepper. I'm not Orson Welles. I'm Raymond Burr. Raymond Burr. <laughs> but I, uh, I grabbed a clip. Uh, more Gregory Peck. <laughs> Yeah, that is that's pretty um, good. Uh, but so in Godzilla 1985, I think almost to make up for how much they had mishandled Godzilla as a metaphor and as a yeah. what the point of the character was supposed to be. Not that Japan didn't run with the ball when he became... Oh, sure. kids like it? Great! Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. happy now. How did he get made? Doesn't matter. <laughs> Same way, how did Batman's parents... Does, shut up. No, <laughs> Batman's great. Uh, the movie ends with... And I this is the old first movie I cried at as a kid. And it still <laughs> is very difficult for me to watch this. This music, I know it by heart and it punches me in the gut every time. But it's Raymond Burr. I didn't cry when Optimus Prime died. I cried when Godzilla died. Uh, you don't have to tell. I cried and editing Batman. a Flight of the Navigator video. <laughs> like, like, like triumphant sobbing. Uh, <laughs> but this is Raymond Burr uh, as they've lured Godzilla in. Because this is the return to Godzilla being a force of nature. Mm-hmm. And he shows up again and everyone's in it. I just feel like this movie does a pretty good job of like the horror in this sense, none of the silly movies have happened. Mm. It's only the first one. He's supposed to have been gone for the last 30 years. Sure. And now he's back. And they're like, what the fuck? Like, we thought he was gone. And so everyone's powerless again. So they kill him by luring him into a volcano <laughs> and then detonating so that the volcano will erupt. And then they're like, hopefully that got him. <laughs> but they don't know. And, of course, it didn't work. But uh, in this case, you think it does. But this is his uh, trying to, like... The movie's trying to almost atone, because so, whereas the 54 one ended mm-hmm. with this, like, and man overcame everything, and yeah. it's all good, which we didn't know until, like, the 2000s, because nobody yeah. bothered to truly bring over the Japanese original black and white movie. Yeah. I feel like this one was like, let's just hit people over the head with the lesson of the movie. Nature has a way sometimes of reminding man of just how small he is. She occasionally throws up the terrible offsprings of our pride and carelessness to remind us of how puny we really are in the face of a tornado, an earthquake, or a Godzilla. <laughs> the reckless ambitions of men are often dwarfed <laughs> by their dangerous and God help us should they meet. But For now, Godzilla, that strangely innocent and tragic monster, has gone to Earth. Whether he returns or not, or is never again seen by human eyes, the things he has taught us remain. And fate. Ooh, ah! <laughs> Godzilla turns <laughs> to the screen and says, give to the United Way. Uh, yeah. But, that's, that's pretty fucking heavy, though. But yeah, like as a kid, I'm devastated mm-hmm. watching that. Um, and that's why I'm wearing a Godzilla shirt today hey. as a giant dork. I am wearing a, the, the Spike shirt that I got in Japan. This is a Japanese double XL. Uh, they yeah. seem to love Snoopy's mustachioed uh, yeah. cousin. Uh, and now for some fun. Some much-needed <laughs> levity after all of that Holocaust talk, mm-hmm. Nuclear yes. Holocaust talk. We, uh, do we, not do just, what Godzilla did. Yeah. Unless you want to make money. Commercial alert! Put the VCR on pause. Ah! Did you know, everybody, for the first time in a while, the Four Eyes 
are 50% with the non-four eyes. That's right. Greg and I wear glasses in this episode, and that's why this episode is brought to you by Warby Parker. You don't know what Warby Parker is? It's like Netflix or Gamefly for glasses. You can get a free five-day home trial for 100% nothing. If you go to warbyparkertrial.com slash laser time, you can do that. You know what Warby Parker is? They offer a boutique quality and classically crafted eyewear with a revolutionary price point. That's right. Warby Parker is, above all, glasses made easy. Warby Parker glasses start at just $95. And by bypassing traditional channels, Warby Parker is allowed to bring you a higher quality at a lower cost. All glasses include a hard case, anti-reflective clothing, anti-glare at no additional cost. And if you need special lenses for both near and far-sighted, uh, digital freeform progressive lenses start at just two ninety-five. But here's how: here's the meat of how Warby Parker really works. It's the home try-on program. You do not have to spend any money, and you can see exactly how glasses you might like might look on your face. Go to their website. Go to warbyparkertrial.com slash laser time. Select five pairs of glasses. They'll be sent to you in ten business days, and you have five whole days to try them on. Look in the mirror. Preen about. Call a friend. Ask ask your friends. Make an Instagram vote out of it. You have five days to send them back, and you are charged absolutely nothing. And again, Warby Parker glasses start at just $95. So why not give them a shot if you're sick of paying high prices for those pairs of glasses at a... Is there like a Walmart I can bash here for glasses? I have no idea. I got mine through my old company's uh, healthcare program, and now they would cost me probably half a grand if I wanted to get new glasses. So I cannot wait to eventually try at Warby Parker because I know I will. Uh, and if that weren't enough, Warby Parker has partnered with Vision Spring to ensure that every pair of glasses sold, uh, a pair is distributed to somebody in need. I think I've given you enough reasons to check them out. Should you be a fellow four eyes like me, I, uh, I, I've avoided wearing glasses my whole life and just embraced it two or three years ago and uh it's weird to finally see again and see people's facial expressions when i say something horrible uh, but yes again laser time listeners can go to warbyparkertrial.com slash laser time and get started with their free five-day home try on people i didn't do it last week and i have a lot to tell you about because i know i know a ton of you skipped the uh, olympics episode because you're anti-sports nerds like me but it doesn't matter because there's still some kind of sports you might like i wrote a whole article about animal olympics the uh <laughs> 1984 hbo cult animated classic about animals competing in the olympics i like five percent of you just had something kick over in your brain like what the fuck why is he mentioning this you can go to lasertimepodcast.com and see the big ass article i've written about it and including some of our streams the shit show had never been shittier we pulled out at the last minute something called snoopy versus donald duck i'm going to only tell you that it's not a rap battle it's something we did on our youtube channel youtube.com slash laser time where we also put up a little salute to the snes's 25th anniversary and a dumb little trailer uh Thank you, Sean Sean Murray from Hello Games, for reannouncing our return of um, Kingdom Hearts. That's our equipment's back up to stuff, and we're kicking it off with me making fun of goth kids in Nightmare Before Christmas. Where that's that's where Sora and Donald and Goofy are right now. And you can check that out all on our YouTube channel. And this week, I'm pretty sure we'll have up stuff not only from Deus Ex and another episode of the Fine Fine Shit Show and some Transformers wrestling. Uh, Greg, our guest today, has come on and he's uh, agreed to do some really fun stuff that involves playing really weird esoteric Japanese video games and helping us translate and walk us through it because that's what Greg used to do. So we're taking some real deep obscurities from the East and we're going to try and play them for you at youtube.com slash laser time. I also need to pimp the Patreon. Uh, yeah, the show is brought to you by Patreon as our 302010, our pop culture time machine show and talking Simpsons and video game apocalypse. But more importantly, last week we did our Monday night movie and we watched Stand By Me With You and Michael Grimm joined us and not only did he make one of the most funny, heart-wrenching movies uh, of my history, the most fun experience I've ever had. Uh, everybody else thought it was really funny, but I know it's not one of those, it's not one of those group viewing movies you feel like but we tried to make it work that way. because. But I want to tell you right now, because we'll have something up on lasertimepodcast.com geared towards next week's bonus uh, Monday Night Movie, which is True Lies, an underrated gem. I love that movie. Uh, I cannot wait to watch it with people, because most of us haven't seen it in like 10, 15 years. 
but I think it's really great. And because James Cameron is bored, it's never been released on Blu-ray. You got to find your own copy. But be there next Monday at 6 p.m. Pacific. Watch it up. Cue it up with us and watch it live. It'll be so much fun, I assure you. Uh, and that's on Patreon, which also is home to the exclusive Laser Time Show bonus time. And this week, following SummerSlam, uh, we'll have the brand new episode of Cheap Popcast. So check that out on patreon.com slash laser time for as low as five bucks. You can help us live, and we'll give you a bunch of free stuff in return because we truly, truly appreciate it. feel like I've talked for too long. Let's go back to the show. Is a band I don't remember his name, but the uh, <laughs> when they brought Ponyo over, uh, yeah. Studio Ghibli movie Ponyo, man, the dub of that is fine. Tina Fey and some others, I forget who else really? was in it, and it's not terrible. It's fine, mm-hmm. but the ending song is so Radio Disney beat you over the head of a song. It's just Ponyo, 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 and you're like, jeepers. Anyway, but uh, Matt t- Damon, Kate Blanchett, Liam Neeson, wow. Uh, yeah, Liam Neeson's like the main guy who's flying around in a submarine. Fujimoto. Yeah, uh, the movie's fine. Of course, IMDb listens as the main cast. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yes, of course. Liam Neeson has had pretty unpredictable yeah. run, huh? It is like really weird because Dark Man and Schindler's List. He went like, from the guy my, like <laughs> who would drive my mom nuts to the point like <laughs> that she'd go see any movie he was in because it really. It re- I'm trying yeah. to think of something not disgusting to say about my mom's <laughs> vagina, <laughs> but I, I can't really. Uh, yeah. But yeah, just like he was like the star of a bunch of Lady Stroke uh, fiction for him, for her, and uh-huh. then like in this this day he's the ultimate badass. And then Sounds he was like a- Dad Stroke fiction. Which <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, beat him up. I can beat him up. My whole family. Yeah, you're right. My mom and dad can now fuck watching Liam Neeson movies. This is fantastic. <laughs> save him. Save me, Liam. Uh, but another one, uh, great case of localization, I guess, is. Back to Japanese uh-huh. is Army of Darkness. Really? Uh, <laughs> so yeah. I would say maybe not so great. I mean, it's hard to say because well, great in a this, fun to listen. Yeah. To so, so oh wow, because you're a huge Raimi fan. Yeah. Like when when I was a kid, uh, I like worshipped Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell. Mm-hmm. We tracked down every Bruce Campbell movie, and he was mostly in terrible shit. <laughs> yeah. We we had Moon Trap. And like uh, the, lunatics, the Love Bug TV remake, Ch- oh. <laughs> the yeah. Tornado. Uh, yeah, for we, TV. we taped Tornado. Oh, with I did the too. Oh. Point. I did too. And <laughs> taping Tornado is a really good idea for an autobiography. That's a fight for fighting song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm flying around, so, taping tornadoes. So at this point, I've probably <laughs> seen Army of Darkness like 200 times ish <laughs> in that realm. So much fun. And uh, yeah, it's a fun movie. But uh, what I realize now as an adult is so much of what makes it special is the specific wording and delivery yeah. of the one liners. Yeah. And without that specific word- wording, you just got like an asshole. Might I have some sugar? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Young infant. What was the one there? <laughs> uh, so, like a few years ago, when I was still in Japan and I had easy access to rentals, mm-hmm. um, I rented the movie and, like a complete nerd, took notes of <laughs> how, how they how they translated the one-liners and uh, and then translated the subtitles back. So I, I guess we have a sample of one. We got the boomstick line, right? Yes, he comes uh, out of the pit. We have the yeah. clip? Oh, we've got so the clip. So in the English... All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick! Japanese. <laughs> いかがかな。俺を古けにした野蛮人ともよく聞け。わかるか。これがデポッテアスよ。ブーン。So, <laughs> interesting I noticed there when I found this clip cuz like I had originally translated the subtitle. The mm-hmm. subtitle is super plain Jane. He goes, "This is what's known as a gun." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "God, that's terrible." Yeah. But then because of the way dubbing works, but you have to sync it up better. So he just says the word boom after that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is what you call a gun. Boom. Wow. <laughs> wow. Booties <laughs> go boom. But the movie is full. Like, I was so disappointed when I watched it. I think what happened was uh, I showed it to a friend at the time and they just weren't laughing ever. And I was yeah. like, what's wrong? <laughs> that, that is a lot, most of the charm of that movie in particular. Yeah. The quips. 
Just some some examples here. So he goes, well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. And the Japanese is, hey, you old boaster. <laughs> <laughs> Good day, braggart. And then, like, simple things. So, like, uh, Henry the Red goes, uh, who, who are you? And he goes, who wants to know? Which is, like, such a cool way of yeah. flipping around. And, and the Japanese is just, what about you? <laughs> And then he goes, you ain't leading but two things right now, Jack and shit. And Jack left town. The Japanese is, snap out of that sleepy daze. You're just an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> You're slacking. <laughs> That's a good one. I never even saw these assholes before, Japanese. I'm not this guy's subordinate. <laughs> Man. I feel like that's something I would have made up. I do love... Uh, I no few, longer work at this company. A few down is, yo, she bitch, let's go. Turns into monster hag. Come on, <laughs> uh, but my yeah, the give me some sugar like that was the one. Though, so give me give me some sugar, baby. Is just I'm in love with you. But then, <laughs> for me, this one takes all. And, and yeah, and I cannot imagine end. what all those Japanese prostitutes think of me now. <laughs> the last line of the movie: "Hail yeah. to the, hail to the king, baby." It's so <laughs> iconic. Duke mm-hmm. Nukem took it. You are my object. <laughs> and roll the credits. Wow. Wow. Uh, I should. guess the intent is preserved. I, I can't imagine there's someone championing a, like, a, a better dub of a Japanese version of Army of Darkness. I mean, that no. movie wasn't big there, was it? Well, it's got a cult following. Okay. It's, it's pro- probably the cult following is around the same as it is here. Mm. Maybe not anymore. They also sent us a, a handful of other clips oh, um, comparing English to a Japanese yeah, translation. Yeah, it, it just kind of got me thinking about like catchphrases in general and like where catchphrases are they're supposed to be catchy, right? But how much of that actually gets translated over? And there's right. lots of logistics to play in. Arnold's I'll be back, right? Yeah. Well, depending on when the movie was dubbed, they may or may not have been aware that that was his catchphrase. <laughs> so it can be different every time. Sometimes right. he says, I will return. Sometimes he says, let's meet again. Very <laughs> <laughs> much. You're my object. And some people just know, I will be back. Uh, yeah. So this is one of them. Stay here. I'll be back. That's the T2 one, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, uh... <laughs> And it says, stay, stay there, I'll be back soon. <laughs> right, I'll return soon. Don't wait up! <laughs> and uh, this is... Uh, There's another I'll be back. Uh, we got the, the running man. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's... Killian. I'll be back. Ugh, love for it. Only in a rerun. <laughs> oh! Got a commentary of Blazer talking about Bandcamp.com. Love the running man. But in in Japan, they don't have reruns ever. They don't have (laughs) Killian either. Uh, (laughs) Oh, yeah, they don't know he's the creepy guy who kissed all the people of Family Feud. (laughs) So, what does that translate to? So, there he's saying, let's meet again. (laughs) <laughs> and then he says, you mean in reruns. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, moving down the list. Yeah, so I could, I was looking for May the Force Be With You, but I couldn't mm-hmm. find a good clip of the Japanese, so I just went with uh, Admiral Akbar. <laughs> it's a trap! <laughs> uh, that's the Japanese one, believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Japanese. <laughs> and that's another example where uh, there's different versions floating around. And, really? And they change the wording. Speaking of... So what, so is it, what is he saying there? Is he, just he said we just fell into a trap. <laughs> <laughs> so... doesn't really like the shifting tub. the blame elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so... We um, did this. With Die Hard. Mm-hmm. So this is, a, this is a pretty interesting phenomenon in Japan mm-hmm. is that I think dubbing... Because Hollywood movies are so prevalent there, mm-hmm. um, they're a lot more used to listening to dubs. And mm-hmm. I think they're a lot more accepting of dubbing to the point that certain actors will get... Um, like typecast as mm. no no yeah, we, Hollywood we, equivalents. We saw that in um, uh, shit big in other country stuff. Like yeah. I remember, like the the south of Mex south of Texas, the world just mourned like the Homer Simpson voice, uh, yeah. the Spanish Homer Simpson That's voice. Right. He's like so famous for all these characters. And a lot of people believe that Jerry Lewis is big in France because he's got a great like voice. <laughs> it's one of the theories that the, the French oh. guy doing his translation is the funny person that the French know, wow. not Jerry Lewis's yeah. voice. Uh. Mm. So but we have a diehard. Well, this was interesting. I just found this out when I was like researching for this mm. podcast, but I guess there have been different 
actors who have played John McClane over the years, mm-hmm. and then they released a, like a Blu-ray trilogy special edition thing where in Japan they had yeah, mm-hmm. and they had uh, like different voice tracks for each of the actors because mm-hmm. over the years people like picked a favorite. And I oh, like really? when this guy plays wow John McClane, <laughs> and so you can listen. And it's so I found three back to back of the Yippee So we have initially Yippee motherfucker. Just to have it in your mind. <laughs> Was that the TV Mr. Falcon edit in Japanese? Yeah. <laughs> sounds like it. So what is is that just Yippee <laughs> Captain Falcon? Yippee <laughs> is like is like uh, serves you right. Kind of thing. <laughs> and then the other one. This one is crazy. Whoa. This this took a lot of research for me because I didn't know what he was saying. This turns out to be like crazy Tokyo slang. He's saying teyande atarimeo, which means uh, it's like the fuck you the fuck you talking about, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like the I guess that'd be like the pinnacle of localization then, like a regional colloquial yeah, reference. Well, they just completely did away with mm. yippee And then the third one. Yippee-ki-yay, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> kind of sings it. Is that, that Forrest Gump? <laughs> Yippee-ki-yay, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> fucking uh, yippee-ki-yay. Isn't that like a fucking Hopalong Cassidy catchphrase that well, yeah. the, the world does not recognize well, anymore the, where have, it came from? Yeah, the, well, the quote is like, you think you're like a Bruce Wayne, or a, no, uh, John, John Wayne, Wayne type. Mm. And yeah, and, and that's something he used to say in his movies. Yeah. Yippee-ki-yay. There are lots of confused people in Japan on Yahoo Answers yeah, what, trying to figure out. What, what is the John Wayne Japanese equivalent to Pilgrim? Room. Oh God! <laughs> so what was what he That's saying a great in that question. one? After Yippie Kaye, uh, that last one he says Jenna, which is just like see you. Oh. <laughs> uh, and this one I can't. If this is what I think it is, smoking. Uh, <laughs> 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 I got two versions of smoking. Uh, so Japanese one. Sick dojo. <laughs> <laughs> is that God? Sick dojo. <laughs> Sick dojo. That's a so is Zekoto. Which is like peak performance or like top top <laughs> <Wow>. condition. <laughs> S rank. It's like it is one of those things. Like I don't. I pity the person who had to try and translate yeah. something as like nebulous as. Smoking. Especially if you're trying to match it up to Jim Carrey's fake teeth. Yeah, like, yeah. Wow. this dude wow. did an amazing job sounding like Jim Carrey. If you listen to the other clip, uh, there's a little extra. Smoking. That's all. Yeah, I nope. can hear it. All. <laughs> Wow, this guy loves it. Yeah, and, what was what was said there? He's talking about he's gonna go out and do some dancing. Why? Because I want to see some ladies' underwear. Cuban <laughs> Pito. <laughs> and uh, do not go in there. And then I think. <laughs> Uh, we skipped a Terminator one that's obvious. Uh, oh, yeah. The signature catchphrase. Oh, this is great. Hasta la vista, baby. Okay, so that has to be real hard. That is Spanish, and yeah. that's part of its charm here. I was very curious what they would do there. baby. Uh, <laughs> 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 we got a translation on that? So that's interesting. The, the Spanish becomes Japanese, and then they just preserve the English baby as is. Uh, they, oh. So he just says, like... Uh, hurry up and die, baby. Like <laughs> God. It's a oh. really good name for like a pulpy detective novel in the 1950s. How rude. Uh, since we're nearing the end of the show, I do want to just click randomly in that Battle Angel thing and see what cuss comes up. You bitch! You underestimated <laughs> the power of Japanese technology, you evil bitch! Oh, this must be the bitch segment. <laughs> bitch! Let me introduce myself. The name's Angel, but don't let that fool you. I can be a bitch when I want to. Jesus. Props Christ. to the bad anime group for Ooh. coming up with this. Uh, yeah. Who let wrote me, this? Freddy Krueger? Let me. Ju- <laughs> <laughs> now I'll jump six minutes ahead in the video. No, we're pissing all over you. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> they really just did not understand piss back then. Uh, wow. Like fucking piss. Piss. Uh, five twelve. Shooting arm. What in the fucking hell? <laughs> <laughs> wow, uh, that that clip keeps on giving. Um, yeah, that's kind of all of the clips and things. Oh, one final one, just to uh, what, what's something we constantly reference on the show? Elf that we have its own show for oh, the for Simpsons. The Simpsons. Oh, yeah. oh wow! So Greg dug up a clip that is the Simpsons. A scene. Whoa! Uh, is this Mr. Plow episode? 
Yeah, yeah, it looks like it. Or I forget if it was multiple. Episodes. This was a. But this is uh, from BuzzFeed. Yeah, uh, from BuzzFeed. What Simpsons sound like in other countries? So it will jump from language to language. Look, there we are. That's Japanese grandpa. <laughs> Germany, Homer. It's Italian for It's Italian Homer. Oh, I should have known that when you put your fingers together. That's what I was doing. Yeah. I was trying to give you a little clue there. And then, uh... He could still surprise you. What was that? <laughs> But yeah, it's it's a fun video that just like it just bounces from language to language. If to you language. have the DVDs, uh, you can listen to a lot yeah. of those languages in every episode, and there's always one episode per season that has like super localization. You can listen in like five languages instead of three, and they yeah. usually have Japanese on there. Uh, we we what season was the the sushi poison pugu episode? Mm-hmm. Is it the second season? Yeah, yeah. Two. okay, so that's yep. available for everybody at uh, talkingsimpsons.com or your uh, whatever wherever you listen to your podcast. That episode of Talking Simpsons because I didn't know that. I don't know. We're discovering all this stuff by digging deep in every single Simpsons episode as we chronologically go through that in the Talking Simpsons podcast. But that that Matt Granny was pretty adamant about being real Japanese actors and real Japanese, and that so 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 in some ways when I like make fun of Japanese, I'm doing authentic Japanese because my only reference is the Simpsons. Uh, one fish, two fish. <laughs> this is why it's okay for Chris to do it. Yeah, exactly. Guys. <laughs> I was gonna say a lot of the Japanese they use on that are show. Busy, busy. <laughs> A lot of the Japanese they use on that show is a little bogus, to mm. be honest. It's, like, real, but it's messed up. Oh, like the whole, like, Mr. Sparkle thing yeah. is, like, super botched up. Yep. What about South Park? <laughs> Whatever, Trey Park, because I heard Trey <laughs> Parker's bogus. pretty fluid. <laughs> really? Well, it sounds like Trey Parker. Same, <laughs> yeah, using Japanese. Uh, but when we were talking on an email back and forth about this, you mentioned, uh, like, a couple examples of a really great, like, for, if people wanted to... Kind of see something that was localized well. Mm-hmm. Um, you you name check Okami. The, yeah, for me that's still kind of a gold standard for games anyway because um, you're, you're taking something that's so yeah. uh, like you know anchored in Japan. There's, I mean, there's it's no starring a it. mythological beast right. from another culture. It's basically a celebration of Japan, you mm-hmm. know, and it, and it goes into some pretty uh, not obscure territory per se, but things that don't really resonate with the world outside Japan, you mm-hmm. know, like going into snow country and like interacting with some of the indigenous uh, peoples there. Mm-hmm. But um, just the dialogue is so naturally translated and they, they knew when to change things and when not to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of the names uh, get either abbreviated or turned into nicknames. And then the nicknames that they had in Japanese get just completely tossed out for things that make more sense, like furball. Yeah. Here, and it, it, they've taken something that's so Japanese and made it feel very at home. To, to anyone, and Earthbound comes to mind. I mean, you know, I hear that brought up in localization talks. Yeah, I'm actually playing yeah. it now for the first time. I'm like ten hours in, but mm-hmm. it feels so. There's some very specific. This only happens in Japan stuff, but the, the amount of stuff you do understand is the result well, yeah. of someone finding yeah. the equivalent of seven hundred thousand things. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing is definitely catered to Western, like a, a yeah, bizarre version of Western events. But like, it it's just so. So casually written that comes mm-hmm. across as like a friendly conversation, which yeah. games were not doing yet. Yeah. It felt very even game scripts that I love like mm-hmm. FF Six or Chrono Trigger, which you know uh, Zero you Wing. Could, you could say that they they could have been done better or whatever, but it's like look when you're 13, you do not notice this. You, you still the images it made in my head were no less important than if it was translated 10 percent better. So whatever. But playing Earthbound, it's like man for 1995, this seems very well put together yeah. of like. Just making me feel like there's humans talking to me or, or weird personality traits that I'm like, I've never seen a game have that kind of weird delivery of that feeling before. And Earthbound is just very good at conveying that. So, yeah, I don't know what the Japanese script is like, but it, it's, it man, the game plays a little grating at times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, so are a lot of games from then. But it's not a very flashy game. No, but, like, it's the I experience mean. of the conversations and the music coming together is, is really yeah. impressive. Thank you, Greggy. You have anything you want to plug? Uh, just, uh, if anyone wants to give me a job, <laughs> I've been coasting for like half a year. <laughs> You're taking some time off. Yeah, no, I've been... Really buckling on. down on your localization. Yeah. 
but Fingers Malloy on Twitter. Yes, I believe. Fingers Malloy. Mm-hmm. I exist. Yes, but, uh, and uh, Greg will be joining us for uh, a series, uh, a quick series of looks. What would you call that? Of weird Japanese games that we kind of need you around to help us get things I've always wanted to see and play, but it would be impossible without someone like <laughs> you giving me context. I'm doing my best. It's funny. LSD, baby. Yeah, you can find us on our YouTube page. YouTube.com slash LaserTime Network. And hopefully we'll have, we have a look at Japan, uh, an entire uh, playlist of stuff like that when we went over Japan. Stuff that you guys might like about cartoon characters and hopefully like Akihabara and Super Potato and the, the amazing arcade and retro scene that still exists yeah, uh, in the heart a, of Tokyo. And there's video up now that's been up for a couple years mm-hmm. now. But the Ghibli Museum, mm-hmm. which if you haven't seen that video somehow, please watch that. Yeah, because uh, who knows what's going to happen with that company, yeah. man. It's terrifying. Uh, and then you can also go to uh, patreon.com slash laser time. Uh, the show, the laser time is listener supported, and you have also unlocked through your efforts at the beginning Indeed. of the year, 30 2010, our other show that looks at what happened week by week, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, and 10 years ago. That is a sequential look that exact week, what yeah. happened in 86, 96, and 06. You can check that out. On LazyTimePodcast.com or like Google a, the words 3022. You have a really good memory. It's like, <laughs> I have to imagine you can picture everything you might have been doing around that week. It, it's it, just sometimes weird. it gets real surreal. It's weird, like, as I just, uh, this will date recording, but, like, we recently talked about Transformers the movie turning yeah. 30 years old, and it's just bizarre to me to realize that in the same weekend, mm-hmm. but t- 10 years apart from each other, 86, 96, and 06, Transformers the movie in 86, mm-hmm. Escape from L.A. <laughs> was 96, <laughs> and... Uh, World Trade Center was in 06. It's just <laughs> Cage's so... World Trade Center. It's so weird. Mm. Like, the same week. Mm. It's so strange. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you so uh, much. You can check out more at lasertimepodcast.com. Uh, anything else we got to plug? I can't even think. We got Video Game Apocalypse. There we you go. Talking Simpsons. We got backlogs of VG Empire, Cape Crisis. And if you're yeah. a patron... Cheap Podcast. Uh, $5 donators get that every month. And... Uh, I believe if you go back in the free backlog of old uh, Cheap Podcast episodes, there's an episode where we talk all about uh, Japanese wrestling and Japanese wrestlers who came to America. And, like, one I don't even think I brought up, but it's, like, the worst in translation is uh, he he never used the name on WWE TV, but WWE in 2004 is going to bring a wrestler called Hirohito. To wow. uh, to TV, but they're like, I think they realize, like, no, let's not do that one. <laughs> yeah. 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 Too soon. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, with that, we are out of here. Thank you so much. Bye.